Hey everyone, welcome to Dentistry Unmasked. I'm Dr. Pam Maragliano-Muniz and with me as always, my sidekick. David Rice, good to be here, Pam. How are you? Oh my gosh, awesome. We're still here at SmileCon, we're which live. is amazing. We're live at SmileCon. And since we're here, we yeah. should be talking about ADA membership and whether we do it. I think, you know, we get the notification every year and I think that there's some of us that are like, man, this isn't worth it. And there's some of us that are like, should I do it? Should I not? She's being nice. It's a notification instead of it's a bill. It's a bill. It is a bill. It's a bill. And we, you know, so we, some of us do it. Some of us throw it out. Some of us are like staunch, like, yeah, we need to do this. Yeah. And so we're here to talk about it. And with us are Dr. Marty Jablow and Andy Brown. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. So let's just get right to it. So you said it's a bill. Is it's it a bill. about... Collecting money is like, what's your take on this whole topic? Well, I consider the ADA what I call, you know, it's necessary. They're the only voice we have. Do I agree with a lot of the things they do? Absolutely not. Just like anything else. Uh, it's one of those things where I do need a voice. It does give somewhat of a voice to me. But in, you know, the, the big picture is, does it provide the value? And that's the thing that has never been really established as far as I'm concerned in my opinion that they don't establish that value for us and who do they represent that's the bigger question and if you ask them I believe they say dentistry yes but well, shouldn't they represent their members and that's a big question I like that what do you think Andy well um, honestly they should be representing their members as a general rule and in the same breath, they are looking for the profession. And that's probably the best way to that dichotomy there. They aren't necessarily one and the same. We have the change in dentists, dentist education, dentist knowledge, the ability to acquire everything that we used to do back in my gray hair days of this is the only place I get insurance, you only get the magazine once a month, to we have podcasts right now and you know it every 10 seconds and everyone in the world's heard it. So the whole world's changed around us. Uh, the ADA has morphed in many ways. The knowledge base of how you acquire the things the ADA used to do has changed. You certainly don't need the ADA to do it because there are a lot of other groups that are trying to do the same thing. But in the same breath, the knowledge base and the grounds work that they've done throughout on advocacy and on science, which are the two you can't ever replicate in private practice without the ADA. And the bad news is that costs money that people don't see value in until they wind up with DICOM standards and they can do anything they want. So it's a, it's a little bit of a gray area. Do people need it to do their day-to-day -day practice? I would say yes, because otherwise all those scientific advancements and interoperability of the things in your offices don't take place and because of the difference provide the different uh, groups are not going to make that work they all want to be the only one there and the ADA is one who brings them all to the table and tries to make this work and that, I think that's the big question and I'll put it tries when you talk about interoperability that still doesn't exist all right so you can put all the standards you want out there that doesn't mean it exists in the real world so when you talk about what they're trying to do is, is noble, and I agree. Mm -hmm. But the reality becomes a different discussion. 
and the value isn't seen in that nobility. The value is for most people is what's it doing for me now? And we don't see that. You know, it used to be that, you know, the ADA stamp of approval and things like that, which has kind of gone by the wayside for many things. Uh, with that is that, you know, what does its, what's its actual usage and stand for anymore? And I'm not sure that that's de defined very well for, for members and non-members. And the, the big part to me is ADA's got a PR problem and just had a PR problem probably since I've been in dentistry. And they don't know how to solve it. Well, again, it's an interesting last year or two with the ADA. So if you've been paying attention with all the different changes that our new executive directors brought on board, um, it will be a year or three before that pans out exactly what's going on. And something has to change in the message to our members. It has to. And more importantly, to the non-members. We need to give them a reason to want to be part of our profession in every dimension. Given that... It's a little early to push the button yet, but I appreciate the opportunity they're giving to more people to be involved to how to take us. They're not using my age group as the only voice anymore, which is really important because I'm... You and I are both. The, I'm, uh, yeah. gray, the gray hairs are leaving the building. It's, That's not, our, true. it's not our dentistry anymore. That is so, correct. Yeah. yeah. So with that, bringing young people in and, and with, I think, a point you both you know, brought to the table... How does the ADA shift gears and get more youth to see the value of organized dentistry? How do we do that? Well, um, I'll take first shot. Sure. So the business model of dentistry has changed as well. Drastically. It's changed drastically. And the again, the ability to get the information you need through whatever DSO, whatever groups you belong to, all the pod groups, Facebook groups, I mean, everyone's getting it from everywhere. Yeah. And everyone has their own special person they want to listen to, mm -hmm. just like you. But <laughs> anyhow, it, it, it's something that, um, it's tough. There's no, there's not, if there was one eye in the sky, but there's never going to be one eye in the sky left over. There, no. There's too much going on and no one, no one entity can have control of all of it. So that, that's unfortunate, mm -hmm. but I appreciate the idea that they're trying to move forward uh, with the aspects that they are right now. Well, with that, I think that one of the things that they need to do, and they've always had a PR problem, like I've said, and they continue to struggle with their PR problem. I don't know whether that's gonna get better or worse because now the messaging is just all over. We've got messaging coming out from all different places and it always seemed to me that the ADA has never been proactive in their messaging. It's always been reactive in their messaging. And with that, we have to somehow figure out how you can become proactive to show the people that you're out there behind them because when we have anything blow up, the reaction takes so long. There's too many layers that somebody's got to get to that it's now the reaction is, is, is muted. And so we, we almost like we need this PR emergency group that can get an answer out there in six hours, not four days. And, and honestly, that's some of the metrics they're working on right now with the action groups that they've got. So that it doesn't take a once a year house of delegates to make decision making along the way. You know, my best, and I had this discussion with David when he said things we might be talking about, you know, the best thing I saw come out of the box from the ADA, on, like it or not, was COVID. 
there is nothing that got responded to faster than the profession of dentistry that basically led most professions with our decades of research, everything from HIV on forward and sterilization and everything. I mean, and then they came out with free product. I mean, they tried very hard to keep that profession in place and all the other professions were piggybacking on them. So, I, I agree. They did a, yeah. they did a good response with what I'll call the supplies. I mean, my local dental society had, you know, the, the masks and we could buy them and we could do all those things. I'm not sure the original messaging was dead on. I think they kind of gave us up a little bit and then realized that that wasn't a good message and they, they kind of circled back on that. But, you know, overall, when it came to what they provided for us at that moment, you know, in terms of the supplies and stuff, I think they did a very admirable job on that. No one ever saw it come that fast before. No, that's true. <laughs> and, and I hopefully never have to see that again. And again, we don't right. want any more reasons right. like that. But I hope that so. we learn the lessons from that, that we have to use the science that we've done right. and use that and be proactive with that message instead of going, Wait a second, let's take a step back, all right? Let's see what's happening. Get out in front of things, and that's the, like I said before, they don't get out in front of it. They get, they, they always speak from behind the curve and not in front of it, and I think that's kind of where the, the, that's my little bit of a problem with it. And there's too many layers, as we talked about just now. There's so many layers that people have to approve. They can't do it that way anymore. Instant messaging now between things like X, Twitter, and, and all of that other stuff, you can't be left looking at it. I, I don't disagree. Um, in the same breath, you know, the traditional model with two meetings a year of each of the councils and then it moves to the next council, you know, that's all being somewhat usurped by what's going on with the action teams right now. And we'll, we'll have to see how that works in the next yeah. year or two, but the whole idea is instantaneous. And when you talked about the younger people, you know, the committees, and I've been on some committees, and I've fallen off a bunch of committees. You know, the, the, you can't be doing committee meetings at 2 o'clock on a Monday. You know, you can't schedule Zoom calls at 2 p.m. on Mondays and 4 p.m. on a Thursday. And that's not going to work. It doesn't work for most of us even in our age group, let alone the younger people who are trying to work dentistry, raise a family, you know, you've got to make those things available to them on their time frames, not somebody who's sitting in Chicago in an office. Right. Well, I have a question about this because I do think that the ADA works on initiatives that people might not realize that the ADA is working on. I would say they're not very good at patting themselves on the back or taking the credit for their wins. Would you be able to share some initiatives that the ADA is working on or some wins that the ADA is particularly proud of that dentists might not realize the ADA was behind? Well, speaking of dollar figures versus outcomes on what people perceive and realize I haven't been inside 210 for uh, eight years now. Okay. <laughs> so, but um, I, do, I do keep up with it. The library. Every year. We have to pass funding for the library. And we have all these materials that people can access at any time digitally now because it's all gone digital. Those are things that is, it's, it's your fingertips, okay? It may not be the latest of Dentistry IQ magazine or something like that, but it's <laughs> definitely got all the knowledge base you need within what, and you can find it. Ironically enough, with some of the conversations on membership and things like that, the usage is up huge. 
And uh, those are things that no one thinks about till the day they need it. And it's there, and it's digitized, and it's at your fingertips. So, I mean, there's one who ever thinks about a library. Uh, but when you need it, you need it. And you can take information from everywhere because they've got it all. That's just a small sample. But there's a lot of other things out there as well. Again, we talk about science. They have as many losses as they have gains. But where are you going to find that out? Would you rather find out in a lab or would you rather find out in someone's mouth? And so these are the pluses and minuses. You may go three rotten eggs before you get a good one. And those are the things that our ADA does behind the scenes. And it's boring. And it doesn't always happen. And then you've got to talk about it to even get it in. By then, who knows, someone out in the market now has already found something else that's better, and so now we're back to score one. But you're going as fast as you can in the directions that people ask us to go. Marty, you mentioned that there's some things that you didn't agree with. Like, what don't you, like, as a, you know, a member of the ADA, like, what is it that happened that you're like, you know what, that just isn't representative of what my needs are? Well, it's not just my needs. See, because I don't look at it necessarily from my needs. I look at the perspective, the bigger picture. You know, we've had the last, and I'm not, I'm not claiming any knowledge. I'm not that deep into the ADA. But when I look at it going, well, how come the executive directors always are coming from insurance companies? So when we look at that stuff and we're saying, well, yeah, it looks like they're in bed with now the DSOs, the insurance companies, and I'm not telling anybody here anything they haven't heard before. And it definitely doesn't look to then be in the best interest of the members. I'm not saying dentistry, mm -hmm. the members. You know, we're trying to entice these younger dentists to come in. You know, they're part of DSOs. They get their education. They get all these other things from these organizations. and. What are we offering them? Well, yeah, well, you're in bed potentially with the insurance companies and you're in bed with the DSOs because they're paying bills. And I understand all of those pieces of the puzzle because there's economics at work. But then for the individual dentists like me and you and, and you, it doesn't always sit right. And, you know, that becomes who are you representing again? And I think that's part of it. And then, you know, with COVID, we had a lot of good information, disinformation, people being ignored, even though they may have had right information, but we didn't, we didn't allow that speech. We had to all toe the line. And these are things that then come back, whether you like them or not, they come back at you. And, you know, I think they did the best job they could during COVID. I really do. Um, was it always all right? Of course not. Nobody got it all right. Okay, that much we all know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you got to say when you didn't get it right. And, you know, those are the things that I start looking at. And, again, it's always these, there's a little PR problem right now in dentistry that some of us know or don't know about that's been on the news even. And I haven't heard anything from the ADA about it. Now, they probably don't want to get involved with it, and I can understand that. But a statement on ethics sure wouldn't be the worst thing they could have done. And these are the things that I talk about being preactive, pre getting out in front of the problems. The problems don't ever, you know, if you get out in front of it, you look good. When you go from behind, you never look good. It's a reactive, and that's what I consider the ADA right now. It's a reactive organization when it comes to PR, not a proactive organization. I think some of the challenges I hear from younger people are um, when, when something's, happening in, something's happening in the industry 
and and then the ADA's response is, oh, that's not our purview. Like that's not mm-hmm. we don't have control over that, which is true, and and we appreciate. But as a young person, like. But then why am I, if you don't have control over this, you don't have control over that, how can you help control my world day in and day out? I think those are the things that I hear from young people. So, you know, Andy, like, how do you help a young person realize that, yeah, there's some stuff out there that we can't help you with, but these are all the things we can help you with, and these things are so vital to your success over the next 30 years as a dentist that stick around. Well, let's say, how about... Portability of licensure. I know you've never heard that from your young people before. Never once. I really, and I'd so. like it myself. Hey, listen, mm-hmm. that's been discussed since I became a dentist, and before that. And where are we with that? So the, the truth is, right now, effectively, for the last four or five years, pushed forward mostly because of COVID, we have effectively a national exam right now. So the students coming out of school have any portability they choose to, as a general rule. Great. That's good to you. That Mm -hmm. is 48 states. It's across the board. Awesome. And obviously you've also heard of the trying to do the compacts. Table's right over there. Ostensibly brought up by the DOH, uh, Department of DOD, excuse me, so they could get portability for the members or their spouses to move to any state they chose to without having to sit for exams as long as they have ethical issues. State of Florida passed that law four years ago. So anyone can come, their spouses as well, if they're licensed in XYZ possession, they're already in. So Florida has still become a groundswell for that. The issue right now, they're doing with compacts does not affect your young students. It's affecting him and me. Who's the guy who wants to go to Florida and practice the last two years right. on a beach? And that's going to be a different topic because the me's, the we's, the gray hairs are going to have that conversation. And the students already have it. Right. <laughs> so there's a, there's a conundrum on, wait, we started off because of the students, and now we have it because everyone else wants to have portability. Well, I, that was important during COVID. I mean, it, it wasn't just dentistry, and dentistry is just the outlier to that. It was nursing and other healthcare, you know, licensed right. professions that we needed that, and it proved the point. You know, but you know it, that that's been an initiative you you talk about forever. All right, and we're getting there. We had one. I would call it a win, but with no benefit, which was McCarran Ferguson. We spent an entire, my entire career going, this is what we need to get out from under the insurance companies. We get it passed, and I have seen zero value for that. For the, if it's not in your state. Uh, well, but yeah. that, that's the point. <laughs> it, it, there, there's not a huge value to it, but we've been fighting this fight forever, and you know, we go, okay, you finally won. We got one. And then you don't see the real benefit to it. And, and that, that's unfortunate. I'm not saying it was, wasn't worth the fight. But, you know, this is the fight you put up forever, and now I don't see what the benefit is. And, and these are the problems I come back to, is that the perception, at least from my end, and again, you're, we're both up there at this point, but the younger dentists don't even know what that is because it's right. not even part of what they were doing or, or needed to be aware of. And so we fought this fight. Okay. You know, this is the same fight that you in Massachusetts put up for the insurance companies recently. Exactly. Yeah, no, you know? we had a win there, and then after this win, we're like, yes. And we're like, 
Now what? Well, now what? So we're kind of waiting you know? to hear and what the was, next steps are. And that was still. another thing with the ADA. We put a little bit of money into it, but we didn't really want to commit fully to it. They did at the end, and I give them that. Yeah. But, but they weren't fully on board initially, and then they did get on board, which was great. But, you know, again, that was something everybody thinks is going to be helpful. And I think ultimately it is, but we don't see it that way. We don't necessarily get the benefit of it because that money that may not be spent gets returned to the people who are paying, you know, for the insurance. And I get that. And, you know, but we also have to go, like right now is, and one of the things that I would like to see, but I don't know that it will happen, is we haven't seen any, we've seen reimbursements go down. Significantly. Okay? Significantly. Our expenses post-COVID have gone up significantly, and I hear the crickets. And they may be stuff on the back end that's being done, but somebody's got to tell us what's being done or nothing's being done. There, again, this is comp a compilation of all the DSOs are doing the same thing. Okay, that's one of the reasons they are collaborating a lot of things that's going on so they can have insurance issues and talks like that. But again, those are individual entities and well, they're gonna do what they're gonna do for Correct. the best. But the ADA has been involved in that stuff for years. Um, the bad news is, is a lot of the DSOs haven't had any help in that either. Mm -hmm. I mean, the insurance companies, as long as they have someone who's rota rotating a handpiece these days, they're happy. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that part. You know, it, it, but but that's that's what I talk about. Is the things that may be out in front of everybody, we don't see that. Right. And that yes, I know the benefits. Like in my state, they fought for for various things. You know the amalgam waste stuff and all these other pieces of the puzzle that they've fought and they've won a bunch of them and i agree there's benefits to it i mean i still pay that bill all right not the notice the bill every year <laughs> so i do still see the value in it but i never have seen where they do that and those that's because then we get to that whole thing with dentistry or the members like i'm a peer review i've been on peer review forever all right 32 years. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm up there as in those same numbers. And we in New Jersey offer that as a benefit to dentistry to every dentist in the state. Well, maybe maybe we shouldn't. Maybe there should be a $1,000 fee to be in it. Because at that point, we're giving this huge benefit to somebody in the hope that they're going to be a member. If they don't become a member, well, we just spent a lot of time and effort to, to help them, right. they don't always look at it that way. That's a whole different discussion. You and I both know right. that as B members. Uh, and maybe that's the thing where we say, well, okay, if you don't want to do that, you know, you, we're happy to let the lawyer or the board handle it. And that's a huge benefit. Now, most of us hopefully will never be part of that, and I would hope that be the case. But if you are, it's a big deal. Yes. And well, that $1,000 isn't is, is a big deal. drop in the bucket. Right. <laughs> Because you don't want to have to defend yourself to the state board or have to go through a lawsuit. Yep. And this can avoid all of that. And, but you get it for free. So uh, some states, so I'm a guy from New York who moves to Florida. And in my experience coming to Florida is the, the FDA crushes it on all levels. It's like it's been such a welcome reception for me to come here and see all the amazing things happen in Florida. And so some states do a really incredible job as compared to others and you know then there's some other states who maybe think they do things so well that there's a 
stuff out. Maybe we don't need this big picture. So I think where we started today, maybe the most important question for us to answer is, what happens if there is no ADA to be this unified voice for dentistry? Where does this go? You mean like what's trying to happen? Where does this go horribly? Yeah, where does this go horribly wrong for us? I think we. That's an important topic. Well, I mean, honestly, the ADA isn't going any place right now. Correct. And um, be good or bad, I'll be in still and be involved with them. Yeah. As we go. But um, the idea is that. Uh, the profession warrants the caretakerness of what we do and the ability to try to make changes where we can. There are just so many exponential outside resources and talking points going on that didn't exist back in the Pony Express days when we started. Sure. I mean, you were lucky to get a letter from the ADA once. I mean, it took two weeks to get there. <laughs> and two cents, but, you know, it's, uh, that's where we are. You guys have instantaneous access to so many things right now, but we could probably go online and get 10,000 people to vote and we want an ADA or not in the next five minutes if we wanted to, just by pushing a button. Uh, that's the world we live in. Is it right? Someone has to be sitting back and gauging the weather behind us and in front of us, and sometimes we can't always see what's over the horizon. And I think, again, as I'll say it again, the idea of having more opportunities for people to weigh in on instantaneous choices with the new arrangement they're putting together for the ADA's levels. Councils will still be there, but they're going to have more more integration, more time to talk. And the action teams really should, the action group should really make differences for us that do not need to go to an HOD. So those are all being delineated in the process we're in right now as well. So without the House having to meet once a year to come and make those decisions and you know, talk about it way too much on the floor. Um, you know, it, it's right now I'm looking forward to a new world where we can actually have more, I won't say instantaneous, but certainly timely answers and programs that would otherwise move us forward. So, and frankly, that's going to be, whether we like it or not, a lot more DSOs hopefully will be part of that team as well. That is a huge portion of what we're running into right now. And they can't do everything, and they can't do the advocacy, and that's one of the reasons we're trying to part and work with them on that. It brings that many more voices to the table in that respect, because they win, we win, they win, and vice versa. So, Marty. So, you know, that's that's really tough because when we look at all of those things, you know, I I I, I have to try and put a different view on it because I won't be here for all of that. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you know, when I hang it up, I hang it up. And, you know, that portion of it says to me, you have to look past what I see. I have to look to what the younger people are seeing and what those younger people feel. And with that, we have to adapt to that. And I think we're trying. I really do. I, I mean, I see what they do. I see, you know, the various programs that they put together for young dentists and, and diversity and all these other pieces of that puzzle. And But the thing that sometimes I, I kind of look to is that are we really that diverse? Because really what we are is dentists. And I don't care race. I don't care sexuality, I don't care, age, religion, we all are treating patients. 
And, you know, are, should we be really looking at it that way? Or should we be really looking at, you know, this part where we talked about earlier? Who do they represent? The members or dentistry? And what are we looking at that as? And I think that's a piece of this, is that I would look at it as our community of dentists, not this dentist and that dentist and the old dentist and the new dentist. We're all dentists trying to learn, hopefully still, whether I have gray hair, you have gray hair, or we're starting a startup. I had a young woman with me today in one of my classes, and she's doing a startup. I felt really excited for her. It's exciting. You know, I haven't looked at it that way in years, but I felt her excitement. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about is the mentorship, the things that we can do. And we try to do those things, but sometimes it's we get past what I call the personal level. It's the organizational chart. All right. And when it comes back down to it, it's one on one. It's really what it is. It's one on one. How does the how do, if somebody in our profession who's an ADA member says to somebody, look at what I did, not what I did for you, because you don't do things for people to try and get something back. What you do it for is because you want to do it, you like to do it, and you're happy to do it. And then they may say, well, yeah, I want to do what they did. And I think that's a little bit, but we get too much organization, you know, with the state level, the local level, and all of these things, but we have to always remember it's one-on-one -on -one that matters, not the committees, not the, they, they serve their place. But it's a, when you're talking about trying to increase membership, it's one-on-one. -on -one. A little variable with that that you need to take into account these days from the membership group, do you know how many two dentist couples there are? Probably a lot. And they only have one membership. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. That's Very. a whole different discussion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want the benefits, but I don't have to pay for it twice. But that's kind of an, a lot of different things. You yeah. know? True so. story. Pam, how do we get to this point so quickly every I time? <laughs> <laughs> I swear nothing flies by like a half an hour shooting with uh, Dentistry Unmasked and you guys. Thank you so much. I know this conversation, we just barely nicked the iceberg, but this conversation should be had. And I think it's something that we should continue to have because there, you know, obviously is benefit to maintaining your ADA membership, getting an ADA membership, and not abandoning your ADA membership. So thank you for that. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys have been great. Thanks for hanging out. I think we have a parting present for you. I swear it's not a stalkerish present. Oh, and... Hey, you can track Excellent. me now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, is this so if I nick that iceberg you were talking yeah, about yeah. and I go down, you can find me? So yeah. I won't tell anybody what I know from that. <laughs> <laughs> A little R&D. Right. Yeah, thank you both for coming here and, oh, and for being for candid and sharing both sides. All right. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. I don't great. know if it was both sides, Dave. I don't think. I think there's more in common than not. Yeah. Ah, see, isn't that the, the beauty key. and the gift? That's the key. Is yes. that we may have different views on certain things, but you know what? There's more in common than not. Yes, I agree. And I, I, ultimately, I think that's the message we want everybody to know. And it's healthy for us to sit down and to talk about all the things out loud together because, in the end, there is this commonality that unifies us. As We're dentists. dentists. We're dentists. <laughs> We're dentists. So till next time from Dentistry Unmasked. See ya. See you yeah. next week. Bye now.
Thank you everyone for watching or listening to the show this week. And thanks to our guests and sponsors on this episode. Please check out our social media at Dr. Pamela underscore Maragliano and at Dental Economics Official. Or you can check me out at Ignite DDS or at Dr. David Rice. And go to dentaleconomics.com to receive dental economics. You can choose to receive DE in print or digitally, and you can also get the details of our Principles of Practice Management Conference on our website. If you have topics or guests or anything you'd like to talk about on the show, send us an email to dentistryunmaskedpodcast at gmail.com, and we will do our very best to make it happen. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>